We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. The proof is in the poop. Let's talk shit. Mucusy stools is something I was going to talk about too. This can happen too. I, I've seen this with Mozzie on occasion. If I if I switch his food up too quickly, if he's maybe has. But he's duck, sensitive, right? He is sensitive. Uh, duck eggs will do it. Like if I give him mm. like a whole egg, he'll have like a runny. It's almost like the egg is in his. I don't know, but um, it's it's not that. But it's um, it's like just too rich for him. It, it causes these like mucusy stools. Sometimes if he has a lot of bone. It'll be like really solid with that mucusy around like that. And that's fine. That mucus sure. coating is just the the gut doing Dead its cells. job. Yeah. Um, you know, when you have a balanced animal like you and I do, it's okay um to kind of let the body do its thing sometimes. Yeah. Um, you want to monitor it. Again, you know, we're not saying ignore your dog when it has diarrhea and just move on with your life. Um, but just let the body do its thing. Again, maybe skip a meal and just do some goat milk if it's if it's a reoccurring thing. Um, but those mucusy stools again are just the body creating a protective barrier, trying to you know get stuff yeah, out. Yeah, it's usually just you know dead cells from the the colon's lining. Um, but I always and I I always go back to fasting. But you know the the whole the whole episode where I talked about um, autophagy and and how like fasting is the best way to turn that process on because it just um, helps kind of lets the body get rid of all the bad cells, mm-hmm. right? And 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 excrete them. So, um, mucusy stools, fasting, it, you know, could be could be a good. Um, and I think that fur, it is good really, every now and then, especially if you have an animal that's not just on a really straightforward meat organ bone diet. I think incorporating fur probiotics and a fasting cycle every now and then is good because like sometimes you just got to take a day where you don't eat very much and you let the body clean the pipes out it feels good it'll you know help your dog feel a little bit less bloated they're gonna beg for a little bit because they're on that cycle if you know meals with you um but it's really healthy i mean i always say the fur like on the beef ears and the rabbit it cleans them out like a pipe cleaner debris builds up in there um Animals are weird and they eat goose poop and stuff. And sometimes they're going to get a couple parasites. Yep. Help the body help itself out and just clear out the pipes. Yeah. Getting that fur in there is, I think is really important. And sometimes dogs don't take on, they don't take to it right away. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to, have you ever had people rehydrate them? No. You can do that. Sometimes it helps kind of stimulate it, stimulate them. Rabbit hides when they're wet though are just so slimy. Yeah. Big not fan of that. that. I think my dad, my dad, my dog just like slurps it down. Cause like when yeah. I'm trimming it, I'll cut off little pieces that like yeah. aren't big enough or whatever. I start doing the twist so I don't have as much waste, which I like, but I'll throw them to Belle and she just is like chewing on them like gum. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh. Gross. Um, but um, another thing too, I just want to talk about, cause I, I usually, I rotate through the Adored Beast probiotics pretty frequently, mm-hmm. probably at least three times a year. Um, but they're cool because they're like 30 billion CFUs, but they also like the healthy gut has digestive enzymes 
but it's just a good way. Even if, I, I don't use them really because my dogs have diarrhea or anything. I just do it to keep their guts in check. Well, like I think also about. the thing to address with Adored Beast is what they're doing differently with the strains of bacteria. So with the phytoflora, yep. they literally isolated the probiotic gut bacteria of a dog specifically and then created a probiotic all cultured off of that sample. Right. And I think that that's so unique. We don't think about that. Yeah. Um, humans don't have the same gut bacteria as horses don't have the same gut bacteria as cats. Right. Um, and it is all unique and it all has its own genetic components and digestive you know, abilities and everything yeah. like that and its own immune system. Um, yeah, and they're do. I think they have like they're 14. They're just starting, just barely starting to research the impacts of this. Oh, yeah. Just the, uh, and the impacts on behavior. We could probably do a separate episode on that. But mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah, but they use 14 different species of canine derived probiotics. It's 30 billion CFUs. Um, it's pre, they put prebiotics in there to help kind of keep the probiotics fed and healthy in the gut. Um, Pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, and you know, we, so like I literally Googled digestive biome immunity and the first thing I'm seeing is Hill's prescription diet, gastrointestinal biome. Like, I'll bet that has like three strains of probiotics. Well, I know that. Dry, like, uh, pro, dry lactobacillus, you know what I mean? Fortiflora is a popular one. Fortiflora from Purina. Mm-hmm. It's 100 million CFUs. And I say this to people, I'm like, oh, wow, that's a lot. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not hearing me out. Like, that's 100 million Adored beast has 30 billion. Mm-hmm. Anything under 10 billion is pretty useless, specifically for a dog, just given their acidity and yeah. their pH levels. Um, and also the the, the bioavailability, bioavailability and the diversity of those. Yeah, they're bacteria. using, I think there's like one or two strands. That's I it. mean, it's, it's, it's very, very minimal. Um, and I appreciate it. I'd rather somebody do that than nothing. But... It's like buying generic brand vitamins versus a good whole food, you know, like freeze-dried raw vegetable supplement and things like that. Um, It's better than nothing, um, but it's just not going to do the trick. That's like uh, yogurt too. A lot of people buy yogurt and give it to their dog. And it's, again, I think it's okay. I don't think it's going to hurt the dog necessarily unless they're lactose intolerant. Um, And you know what? Uh, they did an episode of this on that podcast, the raw dog food truth or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yogurt's Edie. fine. You're not going to like get much out of that. Um, it doesn't harm anything. But just, if you're going to add something, go buy at least like that Lifeway plain kefir. At least you're getting a little bit more fermented, a little bit yeah. more of those live and active probiotics. Yogurt is cooked. It's still pasteurized, um, right? So like, It is. It's... it's that's what I'm saying. If they're lactose intolerant, they could have issues. Yeah. Um, not 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 as much uh, because the bacteria do consume mo- most of the lactose. Like that's why I can consume Lifeway kefir because most of that lactose is eaten. Lactose yeah. is sugar. Um, but like for my kefir, yeah, people are like, "Man, this is rank," and I'm like, "I ferment the shit out of it." Yeah, I mean, there is nothing left in that. It's so, so, so dense. That's it's like starting thick. from raw milk, right? I'm starting from a raw, grass-fed, pasture-raised, right. local, small herd right. goat milk, and I ferment it with my, you know, culture that I got from this century heritage farm oh, nice. um, up in Northeast Ohio. It's a really cool. The mother. Yeah. 
it's like a, a, a culture that the grains that they've had going for, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, That's God knows cool. how many years, and that they just kind of pass on. Sometimes you'll bring in different ones. Um, if people offer me grains, like I'll add those in because you want to get as much biodiversity as possible with that. And it's cool. It has the yeast. It has the bacteria. It has the everything like that. So it covers a lot of um, grounds. But the kefir is a lot for some dogs. So sometimes I say start on the plain goat milk and then add in, um, you know, the kefir. The golden paste is nice too. I have yeah. a lot of dogs that won't take the, the, the go golden Sorry. milk. Sorry, the golden paste is great, but a lot of dogs are just picky about that. Mm -hmm. And so if you do the golden milk that you have, they love it. And it's yeah. the same, you said it's the same amount, like, Oh, it's, it's like super it's, the dense. The ratio is the same, yeah. Yeah, so, it just is in a crazy. different, um, it's in a different form. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. Yeah, so um, kefir, probiotics, um, what I was going to say is these kibbles that um, announce all over the bag, like with probiotics, for digestive oh, yeah. health, yep. things like that. Don't buy into that. Don't buy into it. It's Dude. sure. It has something in there that's better than nothing, but by the time it actually gets into your dog's gut, it's pretty much useless. I mean, yeah, I mean, we the probiotics we sell where it's it's you, you take them home as soon as you open up, you put them in a the refrigerator because mm -hmm. it's live bacteria. So imagine people with kibble, you open that bag up, and I'm always like, once you open that bag, like they're not going to last very long if they're already mm -hmm. if there's even any in there. Yeah. To start with, and then if there are, like how much is? You if know. somebody listening to this has research where they've done showing any kind of bioavailability or activeness of the probiotics put on kibble, hit me up. I want to see. It. Not, I want to see Purina tell me how effective their probiotic. I was is. just going to say that's <laughs> not sponsored by one of the brands. That was my last episode. Something is, they don't want you to hear. My last episode is based on like some raw food research that was done, and it was done independently, so they're not tied to pet food companies. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love I the dog risk. Is, yeah, dog risk is mm -hmm. a big one. Big fan. Um, and so we need more of that. It yeah, it's just expensive. US, but people don't understand how expensive research mm -hmm. is to do. That's why all these Purina and Mars and all these companies, they're the only ones doing it because they're the only ones that can afford it. Mm -hmm. They own all the com the cable companies. They're, yeah. they're taking everyone's money. But um, anyways, um, constipation. Mm -hmm. um, I, so there's, there's something that happens uh, when you transition a dog to raw food. All of a sudden, the dog might be straining. A little bit more. I hear this a lot. Like they're straining. To, it looks like they're straining to poop. The straining is is not necessarily a bad thing. Okay. So there's one of the benefits of feeding a raw diet is that because the stools are so firm, and you have that calcium in there, like it it helps secrete those anal glands in mm -hmm. the back. And oh, my I mean, dogs, I could do a whole episode on anal glands. My dogs have never, I never thought I'd say, never ever gotten their anal glands excreted. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a slippery slope when you Hacking do that. Hacking it as in you've never had to take them to be manually done. Yes. Yes. Um, so they've never, I never had to go to the groom and be like, yeah, their glands need to be. That's excreted. just a thing that they tack on now. It's dangerous though. You don't even have to ask for it. They just do it. They do it. So I always tell people like, if, if you don't know your groom or whatever, make sure you tell them not to touch anything back there because 
it they can rupture it and it comes scar tissue and then it mm-hmm. just gets worse and worse and worse and it snowballs and there's nothing you can do about it. So and it just it just is something that should be happening naturally on its own. Yes. You know, it's it's something that the body does on purpose and it's part of that cycle. You know what I mean? It's part of the biological cycle and people don't understand that it's not just like something that the body put in for no purpose. Um if you're having to take your dog to get their anal, anal glands squeezed all the time, you really need to look at the whole gut health. You need to get on yeah. a different food. Um, because, yeah, that's what like we were talking about. These dogs with these Hershey squirts all the time. Oh, it's just God. coming it's out. It's not squirts. working anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. So you need to work on the gut and you need to get some more nutrient dense food, maybe add in some bone, whatever. Some dogs even just need more bone content. Yeah. Some dogs need more organ content because they're too firm. Um, That's my recommendation too, is always like, let's get some turkey necks or some duck necks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dr. Karen Becker for has like stool? a whole YouTube video. No, um, she did a whole YouTube video about like, specifically neck bones for dogs with anal gland issues. Interesting. Like, cause it's the, the way the bones are and the, the way they're digested and the way they come out, it like these grooves, it helps like secrete those glands, keeps them weird. Clear. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to go look that up now. I give my dogs a lot of, I mean, they get yeah. a lot of necks anyways, but. Um, so good for their teeth. Um, so I think I think there is a time when you transition dog to raw food that first where they actually can't be constipated, we might need to add some like winter squash or something like that in there. Yeah, just or to, if you have adjusting. access to it, liver. Or liver, some organ meat. Yeah, it's another good mm-hmm. one just to make, that can really loosen things up. That's kind of like the raw feeder rule. If your dog has loose stool, add more bone, add more fur. If your dog has, um, you know, too firm a stool, increase the organ. Yep. Um, and it just naturally balances itself out. Um, dogs are intuitive eaters. Wolves are intuitive eaters, I should say. Dogs have kind of lost that instinct. But um, if you have access to organ meat, that's great. Fine. If not, yes, the winter squash, more goat milk, yeah. some things like that. And also, but just expect that the dog might be, in, in quotation marks, straining a little bit more on raw food when they're pooping, just because like Mozzie's always kind of done that in a way because it's, it's not just flying out of them like yeah. a, a well, and also, poop would. Again, I go back to you, don't freak out, let it happen. Yeah. If your dog is like in pain and like obviously yeah. struggling, then address it. Right. But kind of like let it happen. The cycles yeah. happen, the digestive cycles happen, especially like, when you're changing food and you're changing proteins. It's okay. There's times when I give Mozzie, like if I'm in a big rush, like I almost did this morning because there's so much going on this morning. And um, I... When I'm times like that, I give them like a. You've seen that fermented answers pig feet. Yeah. Yeah. I've never fed. They're like that. 400 calories per. It's like a halved pig foot. Hmm. He loves them, and they're awesome. It's like one of the. There's part of their dental line, dental chews, and they're awesome. Like there's a noticeable difference after he eats one of those with his teeth. But um, when he eats one of those, it's there's a lot of bone in there. So I I expect the mm-hmm. next three days. He'll go multiple times in a day and it's like really small, firm. Yeah. You could break open the poop and it's like dry inside. Yeah. Right. Well, but and that's not that, something I do every I time. I have a lot of those in the backyard. Yeah. Because obviously with what I do, Belle gets a lot of like mostly bone sure. meals. Yeah. 
Um, and she loves it. Like I said, she has just naturally bad teeth. It's something we've all kind of always kind of struggled with. Yeah. And so I feed her a lot of necks and I feed her a lot of the yeah. knuckle bones and stuff sure. like that. And then you'll see these like skeleton poops in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Um, but Which I always like make sure not, after it shouldn't that. Be, it's not like something that should happen all the time. I know but they just are free. It happens looking. from time to time. Like, it's and it's totally fine. It's, it's just totally the calcium. Fine. I mean, um, I probably more than more so than from time to time. Like it happens frequently, but mm -hmm. not every single time. Well, know, and but. a lot of people will do um, meaty bone meals, and then they'll do yeah. meat and organ meals, and they'll just kind of yeah. balance it out like that. Sure. And that's like the the raw feeders that are a little bit more experienced, and the people that know how to do it. That is fun. That's fine if that's how your dog likes doing it. If that's how you like doing it. But, you know, I'll do that and then I'll kind of skip the normal meal and just feed her some liver or like I have like those chicken treats that have a lot of organ meat in them yeah, yeah. Um, to kind of balance it out. Chicken prey sticks. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, nice. Those are a lot of fun. Um, slippery elm can be really beneficial too. Just a natural anti-inflammatory for the gut. It's also just a natural lubricant. Yeah, Adored Beast a has a really good uh, pre and probiotic called Gut Soothe that is, it's potent pre and probiotic but they also put marshmallow root and slippery elm in there your dog or cat is a member of your family you want the very best for each and every member of your family and that extends right down to the food that they eat in order to give your pets the very best you need to feed them a complete and balanced diet like northwest naturals for over 30 years northwest naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in portland oregon their ingredients suppliers are carefully chosen for their dedication to quality and safety practices and sustainable farming activities. They combine all those healthy ingredients, adding natural vitamins and minerals to provide the very best nutrition for your cat or dog. Their recipes follow recommendations from the American Federation of Feed Control Officials, or AFCO, so that each is complete and balanced. In order to keep their products free from bad bacteria and pathogens like salmonella, E. coli, and listeria, they use high-pressure processing, or HPP. HPP is extremely safe and has been used extensively in the human food industry for many years. Northwest Naturals is able to keep prices down and overhead costs low since they produce all of their products from beginning to end. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. Can I sideline here for a yeah. second? Just defining prebiotic versus probiotic, I sure. think is really, you know, we hear pre and probiotic. Probiotics are the actual physical bacteria that are living in your dog's gut, um, on their skin. You know, the, it's, it's the whole actual living ba bacteria. The prebiotics are the um, fibers <coughs> and the things that we give them for the bacteria to colonize on and to help them thrive and actually survive the digestive process. So that's going to be your fibers and things like that. Just a sideline. Perfect. Yeah, but anyways, the the black like tarry, it could mean there, it could mean there's too much organ in the diet, but it also could mean there's some kind of like gastrointestinal infection as well. So mm -hmm. yeah. something you'd you know if it's if it's happening continuously, something you want to get looked at. I just think it's something um, if you know that your dog is sensitive, poop is something that you should pay attention to. And I know it's gross and it's taboo. Nobody wants to talk about poop, but it is. <laughs> One of, especially for our dogs who can't tell us what they're feeling, can't tell us what's going on inside, I think is the first 
frontline sign. Sure. Um, so much goes through, you know, eating and pooping is basically like 50% of our existence, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that it's a huge indicator because that is usually a lot of times you'll say like, oh, my dog has mucusy green stools, okay? And the vet's gonna know basically what to do with that. Yeah. Um, and you can determine a lot from that. Um, yeah, it's just colors. Um, I mean, it's definitely something you like, want to pay attention to. You know, I, I mean? feed Belle so much turmeric that her poop is like neon yellow. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. And like green, sometimes Mozzie's poop is green, but I know he gets some phytoplankton or oh, yeah. maybe I gave him some sprouted seeds. or some I mean, I, or I know that dogs, you know, there's some dogs out there that eat, you know, <laughs> excuse me, a lot of those greenies. And that'll turn the poop green too because that's like green dye in there. You Disgusting. know, I mean, just, you don't want to feed those at all. Um, yeah, but, um, it also could mean that there's, they have some kind of parasite, you know, with, if it's green. So, you know, same thing with the gray poop, you know, gray could mean that they're having issues processing fats, pancreatitis. So there's, there's things that you definitely want to pay attention to. Obviously red, you know, if there's blood in the stool, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. It's happened a couple of times specifically with foxy you know and i'll just mm. let it go for a day and see what happens and then yeah if, if it persists we'll call the vet um it could be anal gland issues too but um internal bleeding who knows what so but also just kind of sometimes inflammation happens i am not an alarmist i am not a my dog sneezed i need to call the vet my right. dog's limping i need to call the vet kind of person and that luckily i mean that has worked out for me um, I feel also that I'm educated enough to know when to draw that line. And I also am educated enough to make, um, you know, I have a really solid baseline on, you know, physical medical issues with animals because yeah. I, you know, went to school for it. So sure, call the vet if you're not sure and if you're you're freaking out. Yeah, the important thing is just pay attention to it. Pay Don't attention freak out, to it. Know your it. dog. Know what's <laughs> normal and what's not normal. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Don't panic. <laughs> Don't freak out. Um but pay attention to it, you know? Yeah. But I guess what our end game here is we're looking for solid stools, obviously. There's light brown, I the braided, um, almost, I don't want to say odorless because there's always some odor, but it should be a lot less odorless than yeah. like a kibble-fed uh, stool. It always cracks me up because I, when I'm up at the boat and there's all these dogs around, so many of them are obese because they're like very well-loved lap dogs, mm-hmm. a lot of them. Um, and I have my tiny little 45-pound fit 13-year-old chocolate lab, and she has, like, literally one turd. Mm -hmm. One turd. I'm like, I don't even want to waste a poop bag on it because it's one. It barely smells. I'm going to tell you a secret. I don't tell a lot of people, but when I walk Foxy sometimes, her poop will be so minuscule, so small. I mean, she's only 10 pounds anyways, and she's on raw food, so then, Mm -hmm. like, just imagine. (laughs) I act like I'm picking the poop up, but I don't actually pick the poop up. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I feel bad. Illegal. I live well, in the country though, so we don't pick up poop. Here's how I justify it. I don't I feel I feel like I'm wasting plastic. Yeah. Like that's just a waste of plastic a plastic bag. I always pick it up, um it's especially so in parks and stuff though, because of the, the local no, the local oh. ecosystem. Um, you don't know coyotes come across it. You don't know if your dog's carrying a bacteria or something. So I am especially picky about that, but also I don't, yeah, parks specifically. Also, I just don't like go out in public barely with my animal. So, yeah. 
We're either hiking or, right. you know, up at the boat. And then that's just a very small amount of lawn and a lot of dogs. So, but my dog's poop is tiny and it's great. I have a yeah. lot of people. <laughs> In the story, that's pretty much yeah, just the podcast. Yeah. Um, but Keeping she also small. eats like nothing. Like she eats a one eight ounce patty for a meal and like yeah. supplements. Um, that's enough. So you were kind of talking about the, um, I don't know, I want to wrap this up, but there is, you were talking about keeping your dog slim and thin and all that. And sometimes, sometimes loose stools and diarrhea, I've seen this before. And all it is, is overfeeding. Mm-hmm. You're just over, you're just pushing calorie overabundance through the your dog. Like, I don't even need, I don't this. even need this. I just need to get rid of it now. And yeah. so the dog's just, the dog's body, the dog, so some dogs that would just eat until they're explode. If there so is like, potato, corn, rice, wheat, uh, pretty much any of that, lentils, sweet potatoes, your dog is pooping like 90% of that out. Yeah. You're literally wasting your money. Um, feed less, feed higher quality. Your dog is going to absorb more of it. You're going to waste less of your money, literally waste less of your money. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be better for everyone. I mean, that's why people are like, oh, I can't afford to feed that. My dog's 100 pounds. I'm like, well, your dog is not going to be eating eight cups of this raw food. Yeah, he'll probably drop 20 pounds on a raw food anyways because that's what usually happens. And then their metabolism balances out and Mm -hmm. their blood sugar balances out and they're less hungry all the time. And you can rotate in treat meals and things like that, like a big meaty turkey neck or a knuckle Mm -hmm. bone, things like that. Yeah, feed less, Um, start incorporating some more fresh food. Yeah. Your yard will thank you. Um, And this applies to cats as well. All of this. Every single thing. Don't feed your cat pumpkin. Except the fasting. Yeah, don't don't fast your cats, definitely. Um, Cats can get fatty liver disease if they um, go hungry for too long. Um, That's why, you know, my cats are dicks, honestly. And they eat random stuff all the time and start puking everywhere. And we have our goat milk and bone broth meals that's what they get if i have to force it down them they always get a meal um cat poop shouldn't smell horrible horrible rancid cats don't want other animals to smell their poop you know what i mean yeah even if you see um wild carnivore you know cats they hide their poop they dig it hide hide so do they really yeah i used to work the zoo with the the the, the cougars and stuff and i was like it was a pain in the ass trying to pick up their poop because they would just hide it so well. I was feel bad. I think they keep the cougar in like that small. I saw him. Maybe because it's maybe because it's daytime and he's like just at the Columbus sleeping. Zoo. Yeah, several of them. Um, really? That's yeah, a whole. Yeah, there's several of them. There was like three or four when I was there. Okay. Um, that's a whole. This one was thing. sleeping, so maybe like during the day. Are they not as active during the day? <clears throat> not necessarily, and also like the heat and everything, but also. Um, that's just kind of how cats do. They'll go out, they'll kill something, they'll gorge, and they'll sleep for like four days. Yeah, I want a cat. I think they're cool as shit. Like they, yeah, they just little... they're psycho. And so you're getting cats. a border collie instead. Go get a cat. <laughs> um, I'll house get one predator. too. Put it on the list. Put it on my tab. Cats are easy. You know, I think the expectation is is we want small, firm, hard, uh, less odorless stools. Is what the expectation mm-hmm. should be. Um, and don't be afraid of those those chalky. Super firm stools, or the good. super super furry, scary looking, or the stools. furry ones. Yeah, totally fine. For over thirty years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. In order to give your pets the very best, you need to feed them a complete and balanced diet, like Northwest Naturals. Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging. 
Easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Find out more in our podcast show notes. All right, so customer question this week from Summer. She says, I have friends who like the idea of fresh food but are thrown by raw and choose to cook food for their dog by buying chicken, ground turkey, etc. and mixing with random cooked vegetables. What do oh, you... Boy. What do you need to look out for in terms of meeting nutritional requirements when feeding homemade cooked? So I think every single raw feeding advocate, medical professional, nutritional professional will tell you um, an unbalanced diet is more dangerous than feeding the lowest quality kibble. And I stick by that. There is right and there's wrong ways to do it. You don't have to be a nutritional expert. And luckily the industry has made it so easy for us to go out and find good foods that meet the nutritional requirements. Every single meal, like I said, does not need to be nutritionally balanced and complete. Balance over time is the key. Um, And I just get so frustrated with people feeding diets like this because it doesn't even address so many core biological needs for our dogs. And supplementing it with synthetic vitamins and minerals is not going to cut it. Um. And cooking also changes it. But, you know, Dr. Karen Becker, all of them, there's so many recipes out there that you can follow that use yeah, the organ meat and things like that. There's so much research. There's so many good uh, resources now where I think people can, like, it's a simple, like, I think Dr. Karen Becker has uh, healthy diets for dogs and cats. And there, there's literally recipes. If you even if you don't want to read a book, you could just form, yeah. you, could, you could follow the recipes. I used to make a, like, lightly cooked raw food or not raw, yeah. a lightly cooked food for like an ultra senior dog that we had <clears throat> yeah and um, that just like wouldn't eat anything else and it yeah. had to be warm so there's recipes that you can follow that are so simple i think steve brown um i think in his my, sea spot live longer i think he's got some only issue with these lightly cooked foods and especially the ones you can find on the market is they're so carby. Why are they always, why is there always yeah. potato in it? Your dog does not need potatoes. It's true. They put a lot of, well, I, so Farmer's the ones dog, I like. Ollie. Yeah, all, all of those, them. all the subscription all ones. I do like a small batch has a really good lightly cooked. Um, that's what I was going to say. Small all, batch, open that's farm a really has popular a good one. one right? Open farm has a sous vide one. Uh, all provide is a really good one. It got, it's like top, I think it's top five. Don't quote me on this, but I think it's top five on Susan Thrixton's list is all provide gently cooked. Um, it's a really basic formula, just all whole foods. Um, so those are the the ones. Uh, Raised Right is Dr. Karen Becker's uh, one that she developed, um, gently cooked. Uh, so there's some good ones out there. So going back to your question, um, so there's there's some good options, you know, that you could purchase that you could just slowly add, even if you just didn't want to do completely, you know, fresh food, but you just want to add. At least you mm-hmm. can buy this stuff and just add it to the food. So you make making sure they're getting some yeah. like real food. Or, you know, if you've, I, they talk about this in the forever dog a lot, but like, if you're going to add food like that, you should keep it to like 10% of their daily, um, caloric, um, like 10% of their daily calories. Well, and I always tell people kind of asterisks on adding food to food. If you're going to add food to a kibble, have it be something extremely low or no carb. Like I always tell people, if you're going to add yeah. A raw, a two point. kibble, yeah. go with like a cat PMR formula. Yeah. 
because there's already so high of carbs, if you add then a low or no carb raw yeah. food, you're bouncing out slightly. Yeah. But people that add peas and carrots, oh green gosh. beans, broccoli, yeah. sweet they, potatoes, they want to add all like the starchy your, your food carbohydrates. Now is like 30, 40% higher carb. Yeah, which is already in, which for is an already, already so extremely high. high carbohydrates. Even for a human being that would be yeah. starting off with, it would be too many carbohydrates. I had to have that conversation with that the other day um, at a market. And this woman was like, I never even thought about that. I thought I was doing something good. I'm like, don't like think that, that I'm calling you out. Wrong. Yeah, it's just, adding vegetables is better than adding, nothing. you know, nothing. And she was doing like steamed broccoli and carrots sure. and things like that. Um, just instead of doing vegetables, add some freeze dried liver, yeah. rehydrated. Um, use some of the like the Steves or the small batch, um, raw freeze dried or, or frozen. Yeah, and so, I understand, too, that a lot of people don't want to get to the raw right away and that lightly cooked is a great option. A lot of dogs just prefer the cooked foods. Just do it right. Yeah. Um, because stuff like that is the reason why the veterinary industry gets so sketchy about raw feeders because they get a lot of people that just feed chicken thighs and think that they're raw feeding. Yeah, they're, they get that and then the whole bacteria thing, which I think I've completely debunked in previous podcasts, but the whole they're scared of bacteria. Yeah. That's 100% inaccurate, especially if you look at the FDA enforcement ports the last decade, um, being that kibble was 98% yeah. of the recalls. But anyways, um, you know, no I say deal. I say no big deal. But, um, you know, as far as not wanting to throw things off, so they have like a, I'm imagining they have like a kibble-based diet and they just want to add some fresh food. I would say keep it, you know. Meaty. Keep it meaty and, you know, 10 to 20% in there. Um I guess closer to 10. I don't want to throw anything off too much. Um, but I would, yeah, I don't, the cooked vegetables, I guess it's like, like you said, they're better than nothing, but I would put my focus on doing more meaty things. More raw, organ raw, meats. Goat raw goat milk. Raw goat milk is a, goat milk is a great acids, way to you add. You get the enzymes, you get the fats, you get, you get the, the probiotics. Protein, you get the probiotics. You're getting the moisture. That's the, probably the most important thing mm -hmm. about adding goat milk to the and food. And that's why is I do bone broth. You're adding and, moisture back into yeah. it. Yeah. Bone broth and goat milk are my, if you're going to add anything, those are so easy. Yeah. Keep in the fridge. You pour a little bit on, dogs go nuts on it. Yeah. It's um, a gateway drug. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that answers the question. Yeah. Um, you I know, they don't want to do raw food. That was right. So they don't. Forgot. I wanted to just kind of add in while I'm ranting about gut health, because this is something that like is just starting to come into the world. We're just starting to research like how crazy important and influential gut health and gut biome um, abundance, I suppose, is, um, you know, that is the biggest immune force. It's usually the first one that is going to be stopping things. Um, the dogs that are getting salmonella infections and things like that are dogs that don't have a strong gut biome. Um, the dogs that are getting yeast infections, chronic chronic yeast, chronic skin inflammation, IBD. There are dogs that don't have that strong gut biome, dogs that constantly have diarrhea, you know, and I cannot, I cannot emphasize enough how easy it is to address that and how forgotten it is. You know, I say it to so many people, just think about your dog's gut biome and people are like, I've never even thought about that. Nobody's told me to think about it. Vets aren't talking about it. Because the money is keep them on a prescription diet and give them these pills. And then 
the dog's continuously sick, but you're not seeing the symptoms. Yeah. So they're kind of healed, but they're not healed. It's, it's just like, getting worse. It, it's it's a whole thing. And I don't want to like demonize the industry. I just think that it's ignorance. It's okay. I think it's ignorance. Um, It's such know. an easy thing. I realized I was so tired for so much of my life. I'm so bloated, whatever. And then I'm like, hmm, I haven't taken a probiotic in a while. So I'll go through a phase where I drink like three kombuchas and a kefir and whatever every yeah. single day. And I'm like a whole new person. My energy level, I feel less bloated. My body feels better. My brain feels clearer. My skin is better. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's poop related because it's just, you know, I rant about it frequently. Um, it's so well, you're, easy. You're more of a, a optimist than I am because I don't. I I think it's more than ignorance. I think there's. I think they know what's. Do you think it's malicious? How could you not? I if just, you look at if you look at the facts, if you look at like the actual raw data, what's happening? Cancer, diabetes, obesity, um, periodontal disease, all these things. You know what's happening. It's mm -hmm. it's clear. You know what I mean. Yeah. So I, they they know, but they know where the money is too. Keep these dogs sicker longer. Yeah, well, and you know, so that I have little crusty dogs like Sunshine here who has Demodex mange and all sorts of issues. And like the first thing I do is take out everything processed. Um, and we got to rebuild the gut because that's how Demodex mange comes about mm -hmm. is that that immune system tanks and this mite that normally lives on their skin kind of cohabitantly just like explodes. Same with yeast and yep. things like that. And it all can be traced back to the gut behavior issues oh my gosh um, i mean this the study the dog risk study that they did and talking about how like feeding dogs raw food from one to two months is so incredibly important for decreasing their chances of atopic dermatitis mm -hmm. and environmental allergies later on in life as an adult like so people always want to wait to feed raw after like a year and i'm like no i was like if there's a, ever a time to feed raw it's like right yeah. away like right when they're puppies because if you wait, like you're missing out on that really important window of development, you know? Mm -hmm. um, That's why I'm like, I, you know, didn't have a lot of say in my dogs I've had in my life. And I can't wait to have like a raw weaned, raw yeah. fed moms, moms that were raw fed while, you know, nursing yeah. and everything like that. Um, I can't wait to kind of start that from fresh and see kind of how that affects it. Because I've had a lot yeah. of diseased dogs that we've done our best for, but know, the damage is done sometimes so early in life. It's tough. Well, thanks for coming down again. Yeah. I hope you got some stuff for me. I always love talking shit with you. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Touche. See ya. The proof is in the poop. Bye. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com. Or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangsandfurpets. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.